0: So if you're sick, you go to the doctor, right? And it, you know you, you tell them your symptoms, and then they're able to figure out something, a plan to help you get to feeling better, right? Sometimes that may be a medication, sometimes it may not. But there are different things that people can put in place to help them feel better, and you have to care about your mental wellness.
1: Hey, y'all. You are listening to The Spiritual Home Girl, where we discuss all things concerning self-development and bettering our spirit, but from the homie perspective. Somebody that's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Maria, and we're back with another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. We got that tech issue fixed. We are back. No static or weird noises. I'm so happy. I know y'all probably were listening to some static a couple episodes ago. and was like, girl, what you got going on? It's okay. We fixed it. We're good. But before we get started, I want to, of course, give my note of gratitude to you all. Out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are out in podcast land, you choose to listen to mine once a week and leave me your ears. And I hella appreciate that. So on to what I got going on. I got to tell y'all, March Madness is coming up very quickly. And I need to let y'all know what I got going on so that um, if y'all want to tap in, y'all can, as my folks in the base say tap in. But um, starting on the 3rd of March, I have my Make the Peace with the Day workshop with Dr. Giselle Cunningham or Dr. G or Dr. Giselle, as I call her. Um, she's actually this week's guest. We'll get into that in just a moment. But it's going to be from 12 to 2.30 p.m. at the Interspace Atlanta. It's going to be a fun two-hour interactive workshop. It's not just going to be a lecture. It's going to be fun activities. And um, I want to keep this event small Because when it comes to mental health and um, stress management, learning about the causes, how to manage, and especially having an an actual licensed professional counselor, nationally certified counselor, um, PhD, (laughs) not flexing on my girl, but I am, like, you know, Dr. Giselle Cunningham, you know, you do want to make sure that everyone gets a proper personable experience. So that's why I wanted to keep this particular event small. So small that it's only 20 seats available. I think we've sold a couple tickets so far, but there's only going to be a max of 20. So um, I'm highly encouraging you guys to go to spiritualhomegirl.com forward slash shop to get your tickets. I would just hate for you guys to get to the door and there's not enough seats, you know, for you or whoever you bring. So tap in sooner than later and the cost is $22.22 I picked that number because of what it means symbolically as an angel number I won't tell y'all what that means I'll let y'all do the uh your googles on that one but it was a special number to me not to mention um I have some gifts for you all as well as Dr. Giselle to take with you on the way out. So it's going to be a really fun, interactive experience of all things stress management and mental health. So if you guys have somebody in your life that might be going through it, definitely bring them by. If you want to find better ways to cope and get some type of uh, clarity in terms of how to better self-care or better manage your stress, or if you just want a basic understanding and just kind of want to learn something new, fall through. It'd be a cool boo date, you know, best friend date, family date. Bring whoever you can. It be a. It's gonna be a blast. So again, March third, two thousand ten, from twelve to two thirty at the Interspace Atlanta. Get your tickets at spiritualhomegirl.com forward slash shop. We have one hoodie left, and we are sold out, and that is so awesome. By the time this show airs, it's probably going to be sold out. I got a couple people that's been talking to me about buying the hoodie. So thank you guys so much for supporting my very first merchandise. Um endeavor that means the world to me and, and i'm really happy that people believe in spiritual homegirl and even being a spiritual homeboy to where um they can you know wear that and i think that's really dope um and that means a lot like that that truly means a lot you guys have zero idea how um how this whole thing with spiritual homegirls made me feel. Like I really feel like I'm being of service, whether it's through free opportunities or opportunities where I'm selling things or vending things, that makes me really happy to know that there are some people who get it, you know what I mean? Like it's never really about the approval, it's about the connection. and It's about, you know, connecting with like-minded people who may not necessarily have to share the same exact ideologies, but they do know that they want to be better people and they do know that we all have to connect to each other in order to get some of that work done. So that makes me so happy to see um, that y'all are on board, whether you're listening to a podcast, whether you're coming to an event, whether you're hitting me up in the DMs, you know, asking me, you know, about an episode or telling me you listened to an episode or, or you know, supporting by merchandise. Like thank y'all so, so, so much. Um, what else is going on for March Madness? March Madness is what I call <laughs> the whole month of March because I have so much going on. A little bit more than usual. So I have to make sure I keep people, um, remind people because March is going to be here before you know it. So on March 10th, I'm doing uh, the co-hosting event with uh, Sasha and Latifa from The Veggie Connection. And Sasha is also of Life and Light Wellness. She's a holistic practitioner, really dope person, author, herbalist, um She's really cool, and they're going to be all the way from California, coming from California to here, so we're all going to link up and co-host the Veggie Connection Nights event. I call it the plant-based turn-up event. It's going to be no liquor, but we got kombucha on deck, and we will have some great music as well as some awesome food vendors. They have the best food vendors out of all of the plant-based events I've gone to. Um, they definitely have the best and they have the most diverse. So I'm super excited to get full and to chop it up with y'all. I'll have my own little section. Um, so you can stop through, say, what's up? You know what I'm saying? We can talk, chop it up. And, um, it's only $5 for now. I highly suggest you guys get a babysitter if you have children and go ahead and get your tickets again, good for boo things and a good family event as well in terms of, you know, people that are old enough to experience, you know, live music, um, and just kind of, you know, hang out and vibe and try new things um what else is going on oh that event's going to be at the Smyrna Community Center that's going to be in Smyrna Georgia again March 10 2018 from 7 p.m to 10 p.m then I'm taking a break until the 24th of March and Yoga 101 part 2 is coming up with my girl Dre from Miniature Yogi again it's going to be um a two uh two hour event it's going to be a session one hour session with Dre from Miniature Yogi Um, and, um, a talk about any type of questions people may have. Um, I know sometimes people may see social media, uh, portrayals of yoga or the trendy version of yoga, but they may not know the history. Dre will more than, uh, should be more than happy to get you, uh, get you squared away with that. So Tickets for that are $20, and you can, again, buy all of these tickets at spiritualhomegirl.com forward slash shop. There is only going to be 25 seats, again, for Yoga 101. That's going to be at Cosmic Energy Fitness Studio in Northlake Mall in Tucker, Georgia. Super excited about that. Not to mention uh, the owner is um, it's a black-owned business, so it feels good to support you know black-owned businesses, and she's a woman too. So it's like yes to... Uh, Women bosses, I hate using the word girl bosses, it's so weird to me, so yes to women bosses, I definitely am down for that as well, um, supporting not only a black-owned business, but a, a woman-owned business as well. Um, I think that's it for March Madness. So with that being said, let's get to this week's episode. The person that I'm partnering up with, Make the Peace with the Day, as well as this week's guest, like I mentioned earlier, is Dr. Giselle Cunningham, PhD, licensed professional counselor, nationally certified counselor, and approved clinical supervisor, meaning... Not only can she do um, counseling, she's licensed. She's, you know, certified by the state of Georgia. She's nationally recognized. And not to mention, she could supervise some of your counselors if necessary. She also is a professor um, at a university, too. So she's really out here grinding and, um, you know, making her mark in the world of mental health. And um, she also got her bachelor's from Georgia Southern. So, I mean, I, I met her in college. So, you know, Georgia Southern produces some awesome... Um, alum. And a lot of them have been on this show at some point. So, you know, who's house, you know, for all my eagles out there. Um, and she also got her master's and doctorate from Mercer University. So Dr. Giselle or Dr. G, like I said, as I call her, she's a really, she's a really focused individual. One thing I've always noticed about Giselle is that she has always been on the grind. Even when I met her, she was running track in uh, college And even then, Giselle was always looked at as a woman on the go and a woman with a plan and a woman on the grind. So it makes me so happy to see that, you know, out of college, she's always maintained just a laser-like focus and just has been constantly moving forward um, professionally, you know, in terms of, you know, getting her, her bachelor's. She graduated, went straight to her master's, got her PhD, getting her certification. So it's really dope to see, you know, what putting in work, and manifesting can really do. Like, this is, she's a really good example of manifestation. But this episode is going to be about all things mental health from a mental health professional standpoint. If you're wondering what a mental health professional thinks in terms of expert opinions about whether uh, mental health is sufficient in the schools or the school systems, um, you know, why the media is spinning certain events to blame mental health when it's, it's, a, it's a deeper, more complex um, issue, Or, you know, even with Giselle's uh, beginning, she's from Jamaica, you know, she has a, a spectrum of, you know, a Caribbean standpoint as well as an American standpoint and what the differences are with respect to the dialogue between these two cultures, as well as whether the dialogue has been productive in American society as well. Also, she has some advice for y'all if you guys are interested in being a mental health professional or even being an advocate. Dr. Giselle goes over a lot of um, ways that you can do your part if you choose to accept the challenge. So uh, with that being said, y'all, here is my interview with my girl, Dr. G, or Dr. Giselle. <laughs> Enjoy. Peace, y'all. It's your girl, Maria, the spiritual home girl. And I'm speaking with my girl, Giselle Cunningham, otherwise known as Dr. G. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? I'm hype. I'm so excited to have you on. I know we had an interview um, last year about the social media matrix, but I'm really excited to have people kind of get more perspective about who Dr. G is. (laughs) Sounds good to me. (laughs) So with that being said, y'all, tell everybody where you're from. I am
0: from the lovely island of Jamaica. I was born and raised there for a little bit, and then I moved here to the United States of America, and I've been here since.
1: <laughs> bullet, bullet, bullet! <laughs> <laughs> every time here, so I hear somebody from Jamaica, these imaginary air horns go off in my head. Every time, every time. It, you did a really great job with the air
0: horns. You, you did a great thank job. You you. Know.
1: <laughs> thank you, thank you, But um, so when living in the states, like what what made you decide to jump into mental health? Like, where well, what you know, made that happen?
0: Well, it was really an interesting shift. Um, Actually, I ran track, um, like most Jamaicans do, or everybody thinks Jamaicans do. (laughs) (laughs) When I was in college, and I I did that um, for my entire college career, um, when I got my bachelor's, and then actually minored in psychology at that time. And um, I was actually going to do something in the field of sports, and really possibly look into doing sports psychology then. But a lot of life-changing events have occurred with my friends and family. And just seeing kind of how that breakdown within the family relationship and how the systems and generational cycles kind of, you know, set things up for people, ultimately not to fail, but to have difficulty with functioning, um, I feel like it just made me want to do something different. And um, that's really why I just went ahead and said, I think this is where I need to be. And plus, I've always been able to connect with people on a deeper level, and they feel comfortable and and safe with me. And they're able to talk to me about different things, and, and they trust me and the process and you know, it, it, it's it been a blessing to be able to be a blessing to other people. So I just kind of took that step and went to go pursue that master's degree and did that and worked in the field for a couple of years and went along and got the doctorate. <laughs> Still working in the field. So, yeah, I love it. So that's the short version.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, that's, I mean, I know that, that that sounds pretty, like, you know, like, okay, like linear, like, okay, get, get the bachelor's, go get the master's, go get the doctorate. But you have, what, four, four is it four certifications behind your name?
0: Well, okay, so I have a, a Ph.D., and um, then I also have, I'm a licensed professional counselor in the state of Georgia, and um, so I do hold a license. You guys definitely be licensed out here. Don't go to anyone that does not have a license either. Is a social worker, psychologist, marriage and family therapist, you know, make sure that they they hold that license because that's how you know that they were trained and and competent to do what they're supposed to do, you know. Um, I am also certified as a nationally certified counselor and also an approved clinical supervisor, so I can provide supervision to um, master's-level counselors that are in training, so individuals that are getting their master's degrees. um, I can provide um, clinical supervision to them to make sure that, of course, they're being the best professional that they can be out there in the world and, you know, helping to heal these lives and save these lives out here.
1: You know what? That's really dope, though, um, Dr. G. It is because ever since I've known you, you've always been in pursuit of something. Even as a, as like back in the, back in the day with Trek, I just always been like, yeah. you know, Giselle's really smart. You know what I mean? Like Giselle has this going on. She has that going on. She was modeling in college. You know what I'm saying? If I remember correctly. Yes, yes. Okay, so I I, I did remember correctly. Great. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like it's really cool to see like you was always getting something i think even when i saw you like years ago five years ago um downtown did you you didn't have your doctorate yet did you you were no in pursuit of that yeah yeah
0: i think so around that time definitely yeah definitely always been, been grinding and kind of keeping that mentality focused i mean i think it just started because i knew ultimately what I wanted to do, I figured I was going to be a doctor, period. I just didn't know what field I was going to be, in, whether it was going to be medical or if it was going to be, you know, mental health. And fortunately I was able to be able to stay in my grind and, and, and complete that doctoral process, which was a, it was a long one, but you know, you got it done and I'm proud to say I finished
1: it, you know? Yeah. That's I mean, that's it. definitely worth bigging <laughs> up. Big up yourself. Did I do it right? <laughs> <laughs> So like what is I mean I mean everything is not perfect. I understand every journey is, you know, of a series of peaks and valleys. How did you deal with the valleys when saying, you know, on the grind to get all of these degrees and these licenses and these certifications and, you know, your doctorate? Man, listen, I will say that that is a very awesome question and to be honest, you,
0: it really depends on the people that you keep around you and and your support system and the fact that you know if you're religious if you're spiritual who you pray to just, you definitely have to have that mentality. It has been some rough rough years, you know, but I mean ultimately I had to think about what I wanted to do and you know put that in perspective and just kind of think about how I wanted to get through whatever I was dealing with at the time. But I can tell you this, I think. I thank God for my praying mother. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> she, she definitely was a was a, a force of support, definitely while in those those um, valleys. There's a lot of those those little, you know, concerns or questioning times as far as what's going to happen, what's the next move. And, you know, you get stressed out, especially if you work hard. And, you know, you know I was working full-time when I got the master's and when I went to get a doctorate, which was difficult. You know, I wouldn't wish it on anybody if people couldn't. You know, if you can afford to not do that, <laughs> that's a blessing in itself. But I did not have that luxury. So it was definitely difficult, you know, working third shift nights and, and <laughs> then going into class and, you know, also teaching. It was, it was, it was a hard time. But like I said, you got to have a great support system. You also have to keep your focus and stay grounded, you know. And once you're able to do that, put things in place to take care of yourself mentally, whether it's, uh, you know, self-care is a big thing, um, having the right people around you, taking those breaks when you need to basic things like staying hydrated, eating, <laughs> you know, people don't think about that, but little things to keep yourself together. It'll it'll work out.
1: I'm glad you mentioned self-care because I was actually going to bring up how, you know, people are bringing up a lot of it on social media. Mental health is becoming more of a conversation or more, um, a more accepted conversation. Do you think that's, do you, do you agree? Or do you think that's something that could be, use more work or what? I mean, well, I definitely think, unfortunately, mental health is coming
0: up in the forefront because it's getting blamed for a lot of different things that we're seeing now. You know, there's a lot of tragedy in the news, a lot of uh, sad things that are occurring, and sometimes you see it being portrayed as if it's a mental health issue, and that's that's a fault, that's a blame. But we really should be having this conversation about mental health from before that because it's, it's something that's been seen as taboo culturally in society, and, it, and it's it's not fair because, you know, we need more education, we need more understanding, more awareness in order to put things in place to really help people who need this help, you know. So I think there's a lot of stigma associated with it and unfortunately because of that stigma, it stops people from being able to recognize when they are lacking tools or skills that they need to be able to function. And and that's the key thing. When we have something that's impairing our function, that's when we need to put things in place to help us. I mean, I always look at it the same way, you know, um and I explain to, to my patients or clients, too, if you're sick, you go to the doctor, right? And, it, you know, you, you tell them your symptoms, and then they're able to figure out something, a plan to help you get to feeling better, right? Sometimes yes. that may be medication, sometimes it may not. But there are different things that people can put in place to help them feel better, and you have to care about your mental wellness. So, I mean, while I welcome the conversation of mental health um, in any scope, um, I think there's a lot of continued education that needs to be, you know, given. And also people need to realize it's not just always a negative thing associated with it. And I think that's the saddest part right now is that, it's being thrown around in these very, very, very disturbing contexts.
1: You're right. It is even with the the school shooter that um, happened yeah. on Valentine's Day. You know, they're saying you know he may have had fetal alcohol syndrome. He may have had mental health issues. So now we go from guns or just horrible legislation to mental health. So now it's just like okay, let's blame mental health then. You know, yeah. give these people yeah. some help. But at the same time, it seems as if the resources to give people assistance isn't so readily available, though. That is also very much a problem. Um,
0: and, I mean, it's, it's, it's a sad situation because, of course, it kind of boils down to a whole other argument of, um, you know, we think about politics and we think about how that control and lack of um, financial resources for people. So a lot of times you see the individuals that need to receive services are unable to receive services. And you see places that are designed or developed to give these services to these individuals, they're unable to do what they need to do because they don't have the funds for it. They don't have the staff for it. They can't manage the caseload. So it's just a, a cycle, unfortunately, that needs to be broken, but it really all kind of boils, like boils down to money at this point that you can see that they're not giving the amount of money to the proper resources to help take care of the people that need the help. And, um you know, it could be an argument that goes back and forth. But basically, a lot of times, if you see people who have access to money, whether it's a legal issue or anything like that, you know, their their chances are better than the ones that don't, you know? Um, and then the, the horrible situation with what happened in Florida. I mean, that's what I was alluding to when I was talking about the fact that mental health is being thrown around there. I mean, because, of course, that's a horrible crime. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we don't want to attach mental health to just kind of dismiss that behavior. You know what I mean? And that's what basically. Yeah seems to occur a lot whenever a lot of these incidents occur they don't want to just say look at this horrible crime they want to attach mental health to it or try to excuse the behavior by saying that without having a real discussion on mental health and if there is mental health present what was done about it you know what i mean or what what were the issues that caused lapse in care or treatment like that's not being discussed they're just kind of putting that label on it and then of course further stigmatizing it to the population out here
1: yeah i think it's downright um it's And it's shameful for us to be a country that is supposedly so rich how so many of us need help and cannot get it from basic health care to mental health care as well. So it it is uh, disappointing. Um, And I know in the schools, what is your take with mental health in the the school system? Do you know anything about that? Well, yeah, I
0: actually did a rotation um, with the school counselor when I was getting my um, doctorate. The thing about the school setting is, unfortunately, because the the primary focus, of course, is education. They do have school counselors that are on campuses, and they do have school psychologists or access to them or access to school social workers. But the unfortunate situation, that is also a setting where you don't have a lot of individuals that are there. So you may just have one school counselor that's there in that setting. Or, you know, so they're the one that's taking care of all of the students. They're assigned to all of the students. And they're not able to really provide the therapy in schools as you would see on an outpatient basis. And when I say outpatient, that's if you're going to like a, a, you know, a mental health private practice, like an office, like a doctor's office, or, you know, a therapist's office. So it's a different setup in the school setting as far as what they're able to do. There's also a lot of, um, when I say red tape, um, like there's a lot of things that they have to do that they have to get cleared before they can actually do regarding therapy in the school setting because that's not what they're there for. Um, And they typically tend to have school counselors do a lot more um, guidance roles not really delving into actual therapeutic processes in the school setting and doing a lot more of the paperwork aspects of it um and it's not really the school counselor's fault but that's just you know the school setting is just geared to a different focus um they do have um, programs that they do set up they can do certain groups and things like that in the school setting but they are limited um, because of that location per se you know and they kind of have to go through different things to get clearance to be able to do what they need to do and um do a lot. They do a lot more advocacy sometimes, and a lot of things towards education, and they're geared that way. But they are capable of providing resources if they feel like children need more support. They can always provide it, and I know they do. I know a lot of great school counselors that are colleagues of mine, and and you know they do great work. It's just it's just a very different setting, you know. How can we change this? Ultimately, it's it's sad to say money, but money would be helpful. You know, people, if if you had more ability to fund resources or or you know agencies or places that can provide this, because there are many um, licensed professionals out here that need work that would work, but they're either underpaid or they're overworked or they're burnt out because they're not being supported by the same system that's saying, hey, we need all you out here to help, but, you know, they're not being supported in a way that will let them be able to do so, you know, Um, but definitely they could use more school counselors in the school setting because it's a lot of work, and, you know, it's typically like one or two counselors, and they have to take care of the whole school, you know, so a little difficult
1: yeah that definitely sounds um overwhelming um what advice did you give to those like let's say if there was a person listening right now and i'm pretty sure there will be that wants to be a mental health professional who wants you know to be licensed and who wants to be able to be recognized you know nationwide and have a phd what advice would you give the aspiring mental health professional?
0: but i mean it's it's Definitely, if there's something that you want to do, you can do it. I always want to say, whatever you want to do, you know, you 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 want to do it. You just make sure that you research your programs because there are many different programs, not just in the state of Georgia, of course, but there are different places that you can go to to take take a look. As far as a mental health professional, because there's so many different um, arenas where you can go. Like for example, um, I'm a licensed professional counselor or an LPC here, or LPC in the state of Georgia. They also have licensed clinical social workers or licensed um, social workers. You can be a social worker as well. That's also a mental health professional. Or you can be a psychologist, you know, um, or you can be a psychiatrist if you choose to go that route. But We have to get a, a medical degree for that. To be able to prescribe medications, you know, so because there's different levels of mental health professionals. So you just have to figure out what um, area you would like to go into, what your specialty would like to be. And the good news about that is if you do go and you get your master's degree from any one of these um, programs, including uh, marriage and family therapy, they have a specific um, credential for that, too, and license for that. If you decide to go into any of those arenas, you know, you can also focus your work. You can focus on the population that you want to work with and, and be able to do, you know, more specific things based on your interests. Like for example, if you want to work with veterans, you'll be able to do that. If you wanna be able to work with um LGBTQ, you know, um I um children or families, you can do that. If you wanna um focus on adolescents or teens or trauma, there's so many different areas that you can just, you know, focus your attention and become, you know, proficient and be able to help and serve in that manner, you know? So there are different ways that you'll be able to do it. But it is a process and You know, of course, you know, you have to get a master's degree to be able to do these things, and um, typically those programs will run anywhere from two to three years, or it may be a little longer if you have other stuff going on, like families and work, you know, of course, I know how that has to go, Um, but it's it's doable, you know, just, you, you can do it. I think it's possible if it's something that you're really, really interested in, and there are a lot of great programs out here, and, you know, I welcome new professionals in the field all the time, so
1: come on in. There's room for you. Great. Okay. So let's say there are some people who may not necessarily want to be a doctor or even a mental health professional, but they want to be able to be more of a resource to those that are in their families that may have mental health issues or maybe dealing with something regarding mental health. What advice would you give them Oh, that's a great question.
0: That's a great question. Well, um, I can start off by telling you guys about the National Alliance for Mental um, Illness, and, or NAMI for short. So that's N as in um, nose, A as an apple, M as in Mary, I as an igloo. Um, so you can look up that website, NAMI, and they are a resource for families or individuals with mental health. And so that's a great start. You'll be able to get information about mental health resources, um, specifics about, you know, different types of disorders or diagnoses, and be able to see, um, you know, groups or different walks or things like that, that you can be a part of to to either be an advocate for mental health or a friend of mental health or mental illness for those that have it, you know, Um, there are also different ways, including, like, for example, if if you are passionate about helping individuals who have domestic violence, there's partnership against domestic violence, different agencies here, especially like in in the state of Georgia to aid Atlanta, they have mental health um, departments as well, you know, and they also help individuals with AIDS or HIV here. And so, they will also take volunteers and do things like that. So there's different ways that you can take a look in around the community and see how you can help. Even homeless shelters. I was, I actually did a rotation for my internship and my practicum when I was getting my masters at a women and children's homeless shelter. So homeless shelters in the state of Georgia, you know, they may be able to let you come in and volunteer and, and learn about, you know, the individuals that are there and be able to support that way too.
1: Those are definitely some good resources. I know I'm going to check out NAMI because um, I think we all, like I always say, we're always connected, you know, and I think that we could really gain some true understanding. And like you were saying, there's so many levels of mental health and there's so many ways to be an advocate and be aware. So I know I'll be checking out NAMI. But I'm curious, like, so what does Dr. G do to avoid being overwhelmed? Because, I mean, I can imagine being a a, a licensed professional counselor, you deal with a lot of other people's, Um, problems and issues. So it's like, how do you avoid, you know, taking that on or being overwhelmed? Great question. Um, As I mentioned before,
0: and as I will always continue to mention, you have to think about your circle and the people who you have that are there for you and will help keep you grounded. Um, I have a great support system, um, whether it's friends or family, and um, I'm able to kind of step away from the day. And if I need to, you know, reach out to them, um, I'm also big on taking that time for myself, too. you got to be able to set boundaries. And sometimes, unfortunately, because of the nature of the work that I do, it's a lot of emotional strain, a lot of mental strain. And, and you will constantly have things on the brain, you know, things on your mind because of what you, you listen to. And these stories are real. And, and you, if you care about these people, you want to see how you can help. But you have to learn how to not take everyone's story home with you because, of course, that would take a toll on you. And I'm sure you've heard the saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you are not taking care of yourself, how are you going to be able to help anyone else? And especially for me, that's a very big deal in my profession because I cannot be incompetent working with people, you know. Um, <laughs> we have ethical boards for that, and I could lose a license if I'm, if I'm not working the way I need to work, which would be properly to be able to be effective, you know. So got to make sure that I'm taking that time to make sure that I'm doing okay, um, making sure that I'm eating, that I'm taking breaks as needed, but definitely um, support him, um or staying around people that are supportive um, that can help me decompress. So, you know, watching a funny movie or doing something that's different so that it's not too heavy. And I don't always have to have reminders of the hard stuff I may
1: have from the day all the time. You know, that's going to lead me to my next question. You just opened that wide up for me. So what does <laughs> Dr. G do to relax and unwind? <laughs> oh,
0: wow. Well, um, I, I, love, okay, I know it might sound really doctory or really kind of lame, but I love reading. I love, I've always loved reading, so I'll read for fun, and I mean, yeah, the, now that I'm actually finished with the PhD, I can actually read for fun. Um, I used to do it <laughs> before, but yeah, But when I was going through that whole process, I refused to look at any books, but now that I'm done, I can totally look at books again. um, For fun, also, I love, I love a nice concert, like going to a nice concert, play something like that, that's real artsy, art shows, I love seeing things like that. Um, play some good music, I love to dance, um, good girlfriends or, you know, night out as far as going out and um, having dinner with the ladies and my friends and, you know, doing things like that, um, anything that would get me laughing. So I think that that's what I would like to do, Any anything that includes that, just being out with friends and having positive vibes, that's, that's a great time for me. Or, you know,
1: shopping too, shopping helps. <laughs>
0: so,
1: you lived in Jamaica and you moved to the States. Do you feel that the mental health conversation um, in the States is, or at least, I, I mean, you can, even from a Black perspective or just from, you know, just a perspective um, as a whole in America, is it different than it is in the Caribbean?
0: Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, if we think it's taboo here in the States, you can imagine what it's like in the Caribbean. I mean, it's it's a different, I don't want to say vibe, but it, it is different. Overseas, because you know we think about cultural concepts and a lot of a, a lot of things that are heavy in culture are are things that have been the norm for years and you know traditional like oh well here if you have a problem you know you either talk to church or you talk to God you know you know you, you passes have been staples and not saying that's wrong but sometimes you know you know when people have other issues you know people just kind of dismiss it as culturally it's okay like for example I mean you you know I'm, I'm just saying you might have someone who drinks a lot you know and you'll just pass it on. Oh, that's uncle so-and-so. He's just, you know, he just can't handle his drinks and everybody in the family may laugh at it, but in hindsight, you know, you might say, Oh, he's, he's an alcoholic. You know what I mean? And and that's not good. That's a disease. And if we don't talk about these things and it continues, the family, the generation is going to continue and everyone's going to think it's okay because uncle so-and-so did it. Or, you know, um, auntie so-and-so was in an abusive relationship for all these years and she stayed with him. She never divorced him. And, and that's okay. You know, because we're not having these conversations. And then, people grow up and think that's okay. And it's unfortunately a lot of that is still going on, especially, you know, in Caribbean culture and, and things like that. Not because people are, I think unwilling to acknowledge it, but I think it's because the the conversation itself has been so taboo and and we don't necessarily want to address those types of issues head on, you know? So that's my take on that.
1: You know what? That's, that's pretty deep. I had another um, mental health Episode. It was a mental math episode. With my boy Ty. You know Ty. Uh, Ty got folks from Jamaica and from Trini. So he was like, you know, and then he grew up in Brooklyn. So he was like, that was a no, no. Like if you know, if you got an issue, we're not doing counseling. Counseling, what's that? So I think that's really interesting that you know your perspective as well. You know, being from the Caribbean too, you you're like, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty consistent.
0: Yeah, it is. But the good news is, I will say that I think the the time is changing because I think now especially with, with, you know, different things and, and the realization of what trauma can do and how it can impact them. And, and the fact that people are really out here getting hurt, people are losing their lives due to different things, whether, I mean, I know I, I hate bringing up sad stuff, but it's the truth. I mean, you see these young kids, loo- you know, killing themselves because they're being bullied, like, and it's not regular bullying or teasing that people will dismiss and say, oh, it's, you know, whatever you did this, you know, we did this, to, you know, back in the day. It's not the same. It's a whole different level now. So the game has changed, which is forcing these conversations, you know, so, Now that the conversations are being held or had here, I think it's opening the doors for a lot more change to occur. And in in the Caribbean as well, it's happening. So I'm glad to see that and, you know, being able to be a part of it as someone who is, you know, from the Caribbean. I want to make sure that that is something I continue to advocate for as well. You know, more education and and discussion about those incidents and the things that we typically look at culturally as possible um, tradition or, or, you know, just to keep things are we not going to talk about it, that we open up those doors and facilitate that communication because it has to, it has to be held. There's a lot of miseducation going on. And, you know, I think that people will be able to take from it and be able to change some of these cycles that we see.
1: What does Dr. G want to do in the next 10 years? Where do you see yourself as a mental health professional? Well, I
0: actually, I, I, love, I tell you, I love reading, but I actually love writing too. And I have written a couple books. So I am for children, um, as far as getting them, you know, together (laughs) regarding their emotions and feelings and acknowledging, you know, working through that and being able to recognize, you know, just learning about themselves and being able to function better as adults. That's what I'm all for. Because I do think that children who are impacted by trauma or parents that are not functioning well you know, it can create a cycle that's unnecessary, and, and we have hurt adults, you know, after we have, you know, hurt children, you know, so we want to make sure that the next generation are going to be able to be healthier-minded and functioning overall, you know, as far as mental wellness, physical wellness, emotional wellness, that whole that whole piece of the puzzle is put together there, so definitely want to be able to do that and, and get that going on. Um, I also do teach, so I would love to continue teaching um possibly maybe maybe full-time faculty somewhere we'll see we'll see right now i'm adjunct faculty and i do enjoy that a lot because i work full-time elsewhere as well so this allows me to be very flexible with that and um also i would love to if i am able to um have an agency that would also be able to be a place that will facilitate change so we'll see how those plans come apart
1: (laughs) yes manifesting yes okay good I was like, because I feel like there's so many things that you do. And I'm just like, man, I can just imagine, like, if this is how you're moving now, in 10 years, you are truly going to be, like, on, like, some whole other stuff. Oh, thank you so much. Like, author and then the agency. Like, that's a lot of things. You're going to be busy forever, <laughs> which is good.
0: I mean, if it's, the, the plan is, ultimately, if I can do something that would be helpful to, you know, more people than myself. That's all I want. That's that's really what I really want to do. I'm not, I'm, if I could win the lottery tomorrow, I promise you. I already told my, told God that if he if he let me win, I guarantee I'm opening the place for people who need the help. So that's that's all I need in my life. If I could get that popping, I'd be I'd be very happy. So that's that's kind of where I would love to get that started and and that done. So ultimately, that's what I would love to see.
1: Well, cheers to changing the world in advance. I know you're going to be very successful. You've already been successful. Thus far, so I, I already know it's only gonna get better from here. So I'm really excited for you already. Oh, thank you. Same, same to you. Same to you. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Now, is there anything else that you want uh, the world to know about Doctor G? I love people, and I love seeing people function well,
0: and I love seeing relationships and you know people thriving. I just, I just love supporting people doing what they need to do for themselves and, and just taking care of themselves and the people who they love. So that's me. I, yeah, I
1: guess that's it. <laughs> Sounds like empowerment to me. <laughs> so how can people get in touch with you? Um, Well, uh,
0: easy way, I guess, simple. Uh, email address is really basic. It's G-I-S-E-L-L-E, Cunningham, C-U-N-N-I-N-G, H-A-M, at Yahoo.com. And they can feel free to shoot me an email, and I'll be more than happy to, you know, respond. And any questions they have, I know great professional colleagues that I work with that I can, of course, give referrals to. So it's it's always awesome for me to send more people their way, and I just look forward to working with anyone that has any questions.
1: Oh, um, guys, this is also the mental health professional that is going to be speaking at the Make the Peace with the Day workshop. That's going on on March 3rd, 2018 from 12 to 2.30 p.m. at the Interspace Atlanta. Um, so this is who's actually going to be dropping the knowledge with all things stress, anxiety, the root cause, how it works, how it affects your body, and how to deal. So um, I'm just letting y'all know in advance if you guys like this interview, she's definitely going to be kicking a whole lot more come next Saturday. So I just want to... Put y'all on game so y'all can know what y'all are getting into. It's gonna be a really, it's gonna be a really informative session. I'm even bringing my own notebook so I can take notes. So it's definitely gonna be exciting. Well, thank you for that. Yes, looking forward to meeting you guys. Would love to see you come out and,
0: of course, support Miss Spiritual Homegirl here, who's awesome, awesome, awesome. And thank you for allowing me to be a part of your platform and, and being able to jump in and do this with you. I appreciate it.
1: No doubt, Dr. G. Thank you for coming on the show. I hello appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> And that was this week's episode with my girl, Dr. G, Dr. Giselle Cunningham. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope for those who are interested in mental health, I hope it sparked some type of seed in you or some type of flame in you to do some more research in terms of how you can do your part, whether you're an aspiring mental health professional or if you're a person like myself who wants to advocate and bring about change, you know, in different ways. So definitely check out that NAMI website. I've definitely been on it all day today. and I'm really excited to start planning things and being a part in, you know, being a service to the community. Community service is so much fun to me, y'all. I don't know what it is. Ever since I was a little girl, and I mentioned this in my Voyage ATL interview. It's on my website, and it's in the link in my social media bios. But I talk about how ever since I was a little girl, community service has always been important to me growing up. My parents instilled that in me very early. Um, Also, my grandparents, they were also of service after they were volunteering at the community center with their church or, you know, checking on the elderly, even as elders. Like, I remember my grandmother checking on a woman who was old enough to be her grandmother, Miss Sari. She was about 93. I think she passed about 100 and 103, but we used to go to her house, and Miss Sari used to always uh, chew her backer, as my grandma said, her backer. Chewing her tobacco, smoking a cigarettes, <laughs> talking about life and cussing. <laughs> so it's just really cool. Like she has some really cool stories and um, just amazing of of what how it's almost like a high. Being able to to be of service to somebody, whether it's a soup kitchen, which is usually my favorite method of serving, or volunteering at events, or um, joining other organizations to to team up and do things. Habitat for Humanity, volunteering at after school programs. That's another favorite of mine. Um, elementary schools uh, feeding the homeless like stuff like that is just man do you understand how big of a deal that is some people may not think it's that big of a deal because it's free you know oh it's I don't have time I don't have energy but it's just something about knowing that you're doing something with your three four or five hours or however much time you had to give to know that you're doing something with that and you're gonna help make someone else's life better because of that whether it's for a minute whether it's for a meal whether it's for a lifetime to know that you're being able to really make an impact is so dope oh my god like even thinking about it talking about it makes me happy because it's like damn like you just never know again like i always say we're connected so the same way i may help somebody one day i know i may be in a situation where somebody could help me that's so dope that's so like this whole reciprocity piece this whole cycle of giving Giving and, and being a service to another uh, one another and being there, that is just so dope, is it not? Gosh, that's, that's oh man, it's a beautiful thing. And that's why I'm so glad that I interviewed Dr. Giselle because she's about wanting to do something like that. I don't know if you guys heard it, but she wants to have an agency. She wants to write books. She wants to do whatever she can, however she can, to make sure that she makes a mark when it comes to setting up the future for... Being better than we are. I mean, I've always believed that. I've always believed the student is supposed to be better than the teacher. I believe that the, those that are younger than us should be better than us. Our children should be better than us. Even my little brother, he's, he's you know, younger than me. But I expect him to be better than me and my sisters. So it's just kind of like, you know, like, it's just all about sowing seeds and just hoping that these plants can be watered and just, and just grow to be big, strong, beautiful, fruitful trees. You know what I'm saying? But if you guys need to find me, you can do so at spiritualhomegirl.com. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Spiritual Home Girl and Twitter at Spirit Home Girl. Now, I'm going to give you my Facebook again. It's at <laughs> Spiritual Home Girl. I'm going to tell you why. I have not been showing love to my Facebook family, and I am going to apologize on record. I am sorry for, uh, for not acknowledging y'all the way I should, and I've been neglecting you guys on Facebook, and I apologize. But I'm going to make that right. I'm going to start sharing things on that account solely for you all. And I'm going to uh, do something special for y'all really soon. So if you guys have not followed Spiritual Homegirl on Facebook, tag a friend, tell a friend, go ahead and do so. Because once this offer drops, um, I'm basically making y'all an offer. Y'all might not be able to refuse. So uh, fool with me on Instagram as well as Facebook. Facebook especially, y'all. And what else is going on? I think I've mentioned March Madness in the beginning. I've been neglecting Facebook. I've I've admitted and came clean with that. And I have a giveaway coming up. Actually, Facebook is going to get that first giveaway. So that's one offer that I'm doing. But I got something else planned for y'all. So make sure y'all definitely check your girl out on Facebook. I'll be doing some other things um, with that very, very soon. Also, California, I'm on my way. By the time this episode airs, I will be on the way to California. So if you are in the Los Angeles area, I will be doing a small meetup somewhere, maybe a plant-based restaurant. If you are in California or the Los Angeles area, hit me up and I will give you the details. So I'm really excited. Hopefully this uh, rainy weather that's in Atlanta right now will not follow me to California. I have somebody that's on my friends list on Instagram SE state of mind keeps wishing rain on me, and I need him to stop. (laughs) I don't want any rain in California. It never rains in Southern California. Let Tony, Tony, Tony tell it. So I would rather keep it that way. I know it rains, but I don't need it to rain while I'm out there. So that is it, y'all. This has been another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. My name is Maria, and remember, trust the journey and trust yourself. Peace.